LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to Ask Me Anything. Before we jump into today's podcast, I want to tell you something I think you'll be interested about, particularly if you're a church leader. Here's a question. Is marriage ministry, the idea of of ministering to, to marriages, is that kind of stress you out? I know sometimes it does me as a pastor. That is why Woo Marriage is here to help. It's a brand new tool from LifeWay that provides Christ-centered marriage coaching for every couple in your church, regardless of what stage of marriage that they're at. It's backed by research. It's designed with a local church in mind. Woo Marriage provides a plan for your marriage ministry with video courses for seasons of marriage. There's even help for church leaders about how to minister to marriages. So whatever it is, whatever the, the status of this ministry is, I think you'll find it helpful. You can try it free for one month with the offer code LEADERSHIP. If you'll just go to Woo Marriage, that's W-O-O, marriage.com slash free trial. Again, leadership is the offer code and enter that at the checkout at woomarriage.com slash free trial. And now I hope you enjoy Ask Me Anything. Welcome, everybody. This is Ask Me Anything. I am Matt Love. I'm here with Pastor J.D. Greer. And uh, the question today is about short-term mission trips. Mm. To be honest, whoever wrote this was feeling some feelings, I think. This is a very <laughs> aggressive question. So the question is, aren't short-term mission trips a big waste of money? <laughs> is that a Socratic question? Yeah, like, <laughs> don't you agree? Aren't, aren't they? <laughs> well, just full disclosure here, Matt, I hope they aren't a huge waste of time and money because... I'm about to leave on one for the next few weeks. There it is. Um, and actually, I would say, let me first show some sympathy with the question, because I actually do think a lot of them are. Hmm. Uh, you, we've heard of vacationaries who basically yeah. raise money to go on vacation to exotic places. We and could direct out. you some John Chris videos. Yes, they're would, fantastic. Uh, Everybody that, yeah. should watch that. But uh, you know, I, what I want to maybe in this kind of time is show you some ways that you can do them right and why they are a valuable role thing, not just for you, but for people if you lead a church. Um, you know, a lot of times you, you've got people who go there because they're just looking for vacation. Vacation, like I said, you got sometimes you get people who you know a lot of people object to it uh, on a more theological or more philosophical reason. They're kind of like, you know, who are we with yeah. all of our problems here to go over? Yeah, right. And uh, you know, try to lecture somebody else about their culture because you know why are we trying to still be imperialistic and carry yeah, our culture? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then you got others, and this is different still. But you got some who say. Well, I mean, it's not that you, we know that everybody needs the gospel, but but I mean, we got a lot of problems here. Yeah, right? we got injustice in our own cities and lost people. So why are we why are we going around the world? We should take care of what's here at home. But let me just say that even though those things are some of those things are true, and even though that short term mission trips can go badly, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do them. And yeah. I want to explain why. What I'm going to be doing uh, is our church has very graciously helped me and my family to go for the next few weeks to go live. Um, first of all, I'm going to be ministering to missionaries yeah. over in uh, in Thailand. A lot of uh, full-time missionaries, they get kind of a once-a-year break, and that's I go cool. and I teach to them. Yeah. By the way, that's one of the most valuable things you can do on a short-term trip is you can minister to a missionary. Because oh, yeah, even good. though you can't go drop in and just you know start a revival in two days, yeah, yeah. Um, you, know, you can be with the people who are there living, and you can they will tell you that they are overwhelmed. You don't know how much it means when somebody from their country comes and just hangs out with them, takes them to dinner, takes care of their kids, lets them go yeah. out. Uh, so it's a real it's a real ministry. Then we're going to live with one of our church plan, planning families for about three weeks over mm-hmm. there, and there is a family from out of our church, and we're just going to kind of plug into their ministry. I don't expect while I'm there to personally plant any churches. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, you never know. Right, I mean, right? you never know. I mean, <laughs> we have a big God, but but I want to be a part of maybe some 
early church plants. That's cool. Yeah, plug into longer ministry, and the, the, to me, that's kind of a pattern for. For, for what makes for a good good mission trip. Well, let me just deal. Let, let me answer this, Matt, specifically by here's some of the biggest objections that I get to short-term trips, and I, I do field a number of questions on this, and why I think we should keep doing them anyway, yeah. but do them wisely. Here's the first thing I hear. that People will say, well, short-term trips are a waste of money because every person that goes, it's usually, I mean, yeah. $1,500 to $4,000. Yeah, exactly. like, well, what if we just took all that money and gave it to yeah. <laughs> a church planner overseas? Yeah. I mean, think about what they could do with that. You got to realize that dollars spent on short-term trips are not zero sum. Hmm. That, that it's not that if the person didn't spend that $2,000 on the mission trip, that they would automatically give it to missions. That's not how people yeah. work. What happens is when they go and they see it, they become lifelong givers. Hmm. The first year that I became pastor here at the Summit Church, um, our church hadn't been super involved in missions, and we raised a ton of money and sent 40 people out of yeah. a real small church, 40 people on a mission trip. And people were like, think about how much that cost. And it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, it was like a, a tenth of our budget or something like that for the yeah. year. But that year, that year, they came back, and we got an award from the International Mission Board that year for being the the church that gave the most per capita huh. to missions of any church in the Southern Baptist Convention. That's cool. So after they invested all the money in the mission trip, they came back and gave more to missions, and that's yeah. how that works. So it's not a zero sum. Well, and I've even heard you talk about and some other people that in the early days of kind of, of Summit when you got here of how much those short-term trips just kind of— increase the sending culture and and fervor of the church as well. And so, you know, there's a financial, but then there's just people coming back and being like, man, I'm just committed to seeing us send people, maybe me going back myself. Right. And so all that just continues to grow. Vision comes when you see things. Exactly. And passion comes. People are going to give more passionately to missions. And there's a lot of money out there to give to missions. They're going to give more passionately when they've seen it. Yep. And it's one of the best investments you can make. So I don't regret a single one of those $1,000 investments that we make when somebody goes on a short-term trip. Uh, here's the second one I hear, and we alluded to this one at the beginning. Short-term trips are usually, they're just exotic vacations for for curious Christians, yeah. vacationaries. And I just want to acknowledge again, sadly, that can be true, yeah. but it doesn't have to be. And through doing some wise and strategic things, like supporting missionaries, like plugging into existing ministries that are over there, like going there to serve, you know, it can it cannot be just, you know, yeah. let's just go see the sites. Another thing that we do to try to counteract that is we look at that window of time before somebody goes on a mission trip as one of the best discipleship moments that we ever have with them. That's good. We require them to start a quiet time. Yeah. Memorize scripture, read books, yeah, learn to share their faith. And sometimes it's kind of like a I have this sort of evil laugh, you know, in the background <laughs> because I'm like, they just raised two thousand dollars to do what I tell them to do all the yeah. time here. It's like yeah. now they're gonna pay me yeah. to do what I'm already telling exactly. them to do. So it's just, it's great because it provides accountability and it raises the stakes. And what you find is when people get there and they start sharing their faith, they always will say something like, why don't we do this back in America? Yeah, and you're yeah. like, that's a great, great question. <laughs> great so plan. I'm sorry you had to raise $2,000 and go around the world to ask that question, yeah. but I'll take it. Yeah. Um, here's the third um, objection I hear. Short-term trips don't make much sense when there's so much need here. Mm -hmm. I alluded to that at the beginning also. And it's true. I mean, you know, there is a lot. We're not trying to say we've got everything fixed here, and so let's go elsewhere. But yeah. just think, for example, of what if the apostles had thought like that? What if the apostles had said, hey, there's a bunch of, of Jewish people that still need to believe. We're not going to the Gentiles. Yeah. Right. You and I probably wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah. There's there's a, a heresy in church life that I've heard called sequentialism. Hmm. Sequentialism is things that should be done all at once. You try to do in order. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And, 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 you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, you're a Christian now. The first thing you should do is is read your Bible, and then later you'll learn to share your faith. Yeah. And it, it, a lot of these things are supposed to happen all at the same time. Yeah. 
And um, missions is one of those. Every disciple of Jesus, inherent in his or her DNA, is supposed to be a love for what God is doing around the world and a global vision of the gospel. Getting outside of your context shows you that this is not just a a tribal, it's not just an American thing, that the gospel, the way it's it's embraced and the way it's lived out sometimes looks different Mm -hmm. in different cultures, but it's a beautiful thing and and it enhances your own faith. And so every Christian is designed to to come alive when they see what God is doing around the world. And so maybe God hasn't called you to go live there permanently, yeah. but he's called you to know about it, to pray about it, to be involved in it, and to care about it. Yeah, so uh, the, the here and there is, it's not an either or, that's part A. But then also it's kind of like what you've been saying, it's it's it, they fuel each other. So that's you right. go, So it's, it's not even going uh, for a week on a short-term trip or whatever is fueling what's happening back here, maybe even getting people off the sidelines. That's, that's right, that's good. right. One of my mission professors used to say, uh, Matt, he used to say, the light that shines the farthest. yeah. Also shines the brightest at home. Yeah, and so so if you focus on the one, you'll you'll get the other. Well, here's the last thing: short term trips are usually more harmful to the field work than helpful. This is the one I think I've heard the most by far. So okay, this is, yeah, this is interesting. Well, and I, I'll just start by affirming it. I I, I lived overseas yeah. in a permanent capacity for a while, and I will admit there were a couple of mission trips that I just totally <laughs> rolled my eyes on and yeah. thought I seriously have to babysit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, these uh, people that are, and they're high maintenance. Yeah, and they, yes. they I don't like this food, and I want to eat over here, and oh my my the the temperature. My room was only seventy three, yeah. and I wanted to be seventy one. You know, it's, it was it was it was. And plus, sometimes you got people who they don't understand how to do contextual ministry. Mm. There was one team that I worked with that I was like, "Hey, listen, this is a, a fiercely Muslim area, mm. and in this area, it's really important that you establish relationship and trust before you." you know, kind of drop gospel yeah. bombs. And man, these people were walking down the street, giving out New Testaments, like like they were handing out coupons for a Big Mac at McDonald's. It ended with um, those guys in prison, a riot of about 2,500 people that were demanding the police release, and they burned their cars to the ground. I'm right? going to say that's, that's the worst case that's scenario, harmful. short-term right, trip. Right, right, right. So. But, but it's it's me firsthand <laughs> saying, I, I know what it's like for a trip to be harmful yeah. and, and, and not helpful. So I, I want to express some sympathy with it, but that's why you've got to find the right mission partners and you've got to do it correctly. Hmm. You know, it's, it's easy, especially here in the United States, to go to some kind of local sort of foreign areas. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to a guy in the International Mission Board who said that when people turn in statistics for the year, there's a certain city in Mexico where the number of conversions that Southern Baptist churches have reported from that city is three times the total population. Because <laughs> every little church in this part of the, they go there and they, you know, do a crusade and all these people, you know, raise their hand to receive Christ. And it's like, hey, this city of 10,000 has had 30,000 professions of faith. And you know something's not right. So so what you want to do is you want to you want to check in and say, how do we be a part? We, we know we probably won't be the tip of the spear. But but we know that we can be a part of supporting what somebody is doing. There's a great book that I've read. It's by Stephen Corbett and Brian Fickert. It's mm-hmm. called When Helping Hurts, How to Alleviate Poverty Without Hurting the Poor. For a while, this was required reading at the Summit Church yeah. on a mission trip. The only reason it's not required anymore is because we've talked about it so much. People yeah. pretty much know the concepts. But it's the idea that you can, in a well-intentioned way, go in and you can mess up the economy, or you can at least uh, you can you could not help the economy, yeah. you could not help the local church, and and you need to go in in, in a backseat capacity, saying we're here to serve if we can be helpful, yeah. and if we, you want us to stay out and just pray, then we're happy to do that too, because yeah. not every part of the world is is maybe well designed for mm-hmm. a, an international mission trip. I want to close on real, one really positive thing on this. Yeah, answer. that's good. Um, first international mission trip in the Bible. Do you know what it? Do you know what it is, Matt? No, don't put me on the spot. Oh, come on, like I, I'm not trying to make you look bad, me look smart. But you, all right, so it's Acts eight, okay, at least the one in the New Testament yeah. that we know of, is a guy named Philip, who's okay. an ordinary guy. Yep, suddenly gets moved by the Spirit of God to go out 
and you know, yep. out of his context, out of Samaria, yep. stand on a dusty road, and there he meets a guy we now call the Ethiopian eunuch. Yep. He leads him to faith in Christ because this guy's been reading the, the, the book of Isaiah. Um, according to Eusebius, the church historian, this guy goes back and starts a church, which turns into a church planting movement yeah. in sub-Saharan Africa, which they say you can still trace oh, in wow. existence to today from a short-term trip. And so when, when, I, when these trips go out, we usually tell them, pray, pray that you will encounter the next Ethiopian eunuch. That's cool. Maybe sitting next to him on the plane, maybe you know talking to her in the coffee shop. You know, you're going to encounter somebody that God has been working in and preparing, and you're going to give just the right word at just the right time that's going to be a part of their journey to faith in Christ. It gets me excited, yeah. and that's what you could pray for me, that that's in my good. three or four weeks overseas, that God will lead me to some Ethiopian eunuchs or... What's the female version of that? Eunuch S? I, I don't really know. Dangerous territory. Dangerous territory. But All right. you can pray for me that God will lead me to him. <laughs> That's great. All right. Thank you for listening today. Uh, Pastor J.D.'s newest book has just released, and, and you have an opportunity to actually get it for free today. So the next 10 people that leave an iTunes review of Ask Me Anything and then email us a screenshot at requests at jdgreer.com will be mailed the above all book. That's requests at jdgreer.com. And we promise you'll feel like you got your money's worth. Oh, yes, 100%. <laughs> Have you listened to the Group Answers podcast with Chris Surratt and Brian Daniel recently? As a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network family, they have recently covered some topics like building a growth track or building a spiritual pathway, how to write sermon-based studies. So if you're interested in any of those or some of the other topics they've covered, just look up Group Answers on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. Share this episode with your friends if you found it helpful. And we are just really glad you joined us today and we hope you will be back with us soon. <laughs>